appreciate you tuning in to the Bliss is Ignorant podcast. This is comedian Jay Bliss, and uh, I am joined today by one of my comedian compadres, somebody that I had a, the pleasure of meeting just by happenstance, by by fact that I was coming in to do a guest spot. She was coming in to do a guest spot, and after we met, I was like, this chick is fucking hilarious. So mm-hmm. welcome to the podcast, my girl, Ty Davis. Ty, what's good with you? Hey man, I can't call it, you know, just sitting here chilling. How yeah. you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. So, um, that was, was that 2019 or 2008? It was 2019. I don't even remember what it was now. I want to um, say, say it was 2018. I want to say that too. Yeah. I want to say it was 2018. I, I remember you being there. I remember, um, the headliner, Nima Williams, got sick mm-hmm. so we kind of had to cover for him even though we were there to do a guest spot and to right. ray kind of switched it up like yo y'all y'all uh y'all gonna carry the show tonight yeah yeah and yep. um he had me go last which shocked the shit out of me because as i walked in i realized what was going on but then he had arvin mitchell go up and i was mm-hmm. like oh shit arvin mitchell's here right then you went up and I was like, holy shit, right? And I'm like, yo, like, <laughs> so Ray went up and did some time. He like, yo, Jay, bring it home. I'm like, bring it home. Like y'all just murdered this place. You know what I mean? So it was, it was, a, it was a, a blessing and a curse at the same time because um, I was able to see you, see you perform. And I didn't know all of the things that you had going on during that time. Like you were like the Kevin Hart thing had just popped off for you. Um, yeah, we had, matter of fact, it was, it was 2018 because we had filmed it. It just hadn't aired yet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, I, I recognized that. And then like following you on social media, like you was like a radio host and mm-hmm. like all this other stuff. And then like the thing that bugs me out is I met you and like the places you've been, <laughs> like I've been doing comedy, I've been doing comedy like 15 years, right? But I'm like, okay. yo, you not mad connections. Like, I'm, I'm like, looking, I'm like, Ty know everybody, you know what I mean? So I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's just your networking. I really, I really don't know. Like, you know, it's like sometimes it's right place, right time and how, how this comedy yeah. game works. You know what I mean? But, you know, sometimes it's a blessing uh, and a curse at times, but it's a blessing to have that many connections. And I'm, I'm a little bit envious because I'm like, damn, Ty know a lot of people. Like, you connect with a lot of folks and it's good. That's a good thing. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I mean, I mean, I'm six years in now, but right. when we met, I was um, almost at four. Right. So um, right. I never met Arvin. So that night was my first time meeting Arvin. I thought he was incredibly funny. I thought you were funny. Even to this day, whenever I have fries <laughs> in the bottom of the bag, like <laughs> popped in my head. And, um, you know, I just, I just attacked my comedy career the same way that I attacked my career in the corporate space. Mm-hmm. Learn everything you can in each level, prove your value so you can move and promote to the next level. And, you know, be friendly, get to know people, know who does what and be fair. And and I carried it into comedy. And next thing I know, I'm like, okay, this is this is where we are. All right, cool. And I've been expanding my network even more during the quarantine. It's actually gotten bigger. So I'm really excited. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's dope too. Cause like the virtual space is a space that we're all, we all have to be a part of. And it, you know, we get pulled in a lot of different directions. And one of the things that I do shy away from is the virtual shows. Like I was like, I'll be on your, I'll be on your zoom. I'll be on your, 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 your chopping it up. I'll be on anything like that. I was like, yeah. but don't ask me to do a show, you know, just, just, you know, and the shows just, they just too weird for me. Let me tell you at the beginning of this right. pandemic, right. I talked. Can we curse? I don't know. Absolutely. This okay. is bliss is ig- this is bliss is ignorant. <laughs> I didn't know. I was, just I was just checking. So at the beginning of this, I was talking cold cash shit. Right. My comedy career is over. I'm I'm so depressed. I'm upset. And then people were like, you can do comedy online, and I'm like, you can't do comedy <laughs> online. Okay. It's not how it works. We need to feel the energy of the crowd. It's stupid. It's right. stupid. I'm not doing it. I'm not right. doing it. Like I was, I was that person, right? Right. And then I was like, well, maybe, well, maybe, well, maybe let me see. <laughs> let, let, I'm gonna I'm a, I'm a check a show out and, and see what they're what they're doing. Right. And so I was looking at it and I was like, this is dumb. This is stupid. This mm-hmm. is I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. And then one day somebody hit me and was like, hey, you trying to do a Zoom show and you know for a couple of dollars? And I was like, Well, I mean, you said a couple of dollars. All right, sure. <laughs> I did it. And of course it was like, you know, it was awkward and it was like whatever. Mm-hmm. But as the more shows that I did, it was like a temporary fix. Like think of a think of like a heroin addict. Yeah, yeah. And when it, Trying to wean them off, they give they them like the, the methadone. The methadone, so it's right? Like, it's not the same, but it's something, and that's how I treated the Zoom shows. Mm-hmm. And so um, I started to connect with other people. They were like, "Hey, such such as Zoom show, I'm gonna give them their number, give you that, you know, give them your number, and they reach out." And I was just like, "All right, cool." So I'm doing all these Zoom shows, and I was just like, "All right, whatever." And um, I met uh, a guy named Tahir Moore back in 2018 yeah. when we were yeah. part of the city. Mm-hmm. And me and him, you know, we stayed friends. We stayed cool. And during the pandemic, he started creating all of these different things, brought me into the stuff that he was doing and the people he was working with. Those people rocked with me. So I started doing things with them. That's how I met Kevin on stage. That's how I got Keep Your Distance Comedy. And and it was like, what are you going to do? Like, we can't right. do shows like how we did before. So focus on something else. So I just focused on growing my internet uh following and, and yeah. being more present on social media and I've almost doubled I've almost doubled my social media following in the past what nine months yeah and um you know it's it's a whirlwind and now insert new app clubhouse clubhouse right and I'm excited to see what it's gonna do but it's been doing great for me in terms of my following and, and networking with even more people so right right when we come out of this, they ain't gonna say that I didn't do nothing. I'm right. gonna come with with a bunch of stuff, so we'll see. But right, right, it's no place like the stage. It's, it's, it's I know it's like I miss no it. Like I, I did do a show a couple of weeks ago. I was in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. So okay, so they check the temperatures. If I had to have a mask on, they say was eating food, and only seventy five people max was there, or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, five, I'm coming in five minutes before I go up. Like, you know what I'm saying? I was like, five yeah. minutes before I go, I come in masked up. I went up on stage, took my mask off, started doing the show. 45 minutes. All right, that's my time. I ain't do no extra. I was like, I was like, I ain't trying to ain't catch no nothing. Meet and <laughs> no meet. I ain't sell no merch. I ain't do none of that, man. I was like, yo, straight checks and I'm out. 
But um, yeah. you know, it did feel good. But you know, when I when I left the stage, you know, that feeling you like, yo, I didn't do this joke, I didn't do that joke, I didn't do this yep. joke, I didn't do that joke. Yeah. But it was like I wanted to do so much more just crowd work. I was just like just up there just talking. You know and I mean? Did you have the did you have the feeling of like when you got off like when am I gonna do this again? Yeah. Um I know I have some dates in January that's already set up. Um, a February date that's already set up, you know, not knowing what's going to happen with the pandemic and how bad these numbers are going to be. Mm -hmm. But I can look forward to it and know that one's like a teacher conference. Okay. So like knowing that environment, it's already going to be funny because you know, it's going to be one, You're of gonna destroy ball, it. one of them ballroom settings. And it's like, <laughs> you know, just like those, those type of deals. Like you look forward to stuff like that. But let me, yeah. let me, let me piggyback on something you started off with, because I think we have similarities in it. I want to dig into that a little bit. Your corporate background, like mm -hmm. what were you doing? <laughs> I was a fraud analyst at Bank of America. All right. So we, we, we both were at Bank of America. Okay. We were yeah. both at Bank of America. So how long, how long were you at Bank of America? I was with them for, why does it seem like it was so long ago? Um, right. A couple years, maybe yes. two or three years. It sound, sounds about right. And so I started comedy um, while I was working there. Mm -hmm. And when I originally started at Bank of America, I was a customer service rep. Mm -hmm. And then they they took customer service out of our, our location and they turned us into all the entire space fraud. Right. And so I hated the job. Like, I mean, I liked being able to help people, mm -hmm. but overall I hated the job. You know right. what I mean? Right. It wasn't fulfilling. It was, you come in, you punch in, you do your work, you leave. It was just robotic. Right. And um, I started comedy and it was like, hmm, this is great. Right. I love the way it makes me feel. It was therapeutic. And I just wanted to keep doing it and I just wanted to get better at it. And so as I kept doing comedy, the comedy, like my comedy career kind of, I mean, at least from my perspective, it kind of grew really fast. Yeah. So, you know, things would happen, like comedy led me to my career in radio. And yes, then, we're going to dig into know, that too, yeah. So, so that's, that's was, uh, so what I feel like, do you feel like it was because you were in the DMV area and you had so much access to like a Philadelphia, New York? And um, was it, let me ask you, let me ask you this way. How was the scene where you started? Was it a beneficial scene? Was it catty? Was it clickish? Well, definitely clickish. It's going to be clickish. I, I think that's not anything anybody can avoid. Mm -hmm. But the crazy thing about the scene I did not know this scene existed until I stepped into it. Right. 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 Um, so I, you know, I wasn't going to comedy shows. I wasn't going to open mics. So the, I remember the first show that I did, like after it was done, the other comics on the show, I was like, Hey, so, so where do you guys hang out? Where do you, where do you guys go to do the comedy? Where do, where do, where do y'all go to tell the jokes? Like I knew right away, I needed to find out where to go. Right. And, and you know, one person was like, Oh, you know, there's a mic here. Oh, and on this day, there's a mic there. And I was like, all right, cool. So I started to go to the places and then I would meet other comments. Hey, where do, where do you, where do you guys go to hang out? Where do you, you know? And, and so it, it, it just organically built like that. And the, the, the main thing for me was Baltimore mm -hmm. is 40, 45 minutes away from 
DC. But right. it's also an hour and a half from Philly. Right. Three or four hours from New York. Right. You know, two or three hours from Virginia, depending on where you go. So it was like there were major arteries where you could go and do comedy. And and the Baltimore scene was it was heavy hitters. Like, you know, our OGs, they they raised us like, hey, yeah. hey, yeah. you gotta be funny. Like we don't care about any of that other stuff. You you need to be funny. Yeah. But it was also a hands-off approach in some senses they was like ah you got to go out there and figure it out yourself like i had one og was like how long you been doing it and i was like oh i just started like a couple months ago he was like talk to me in a year if you're still doing it and i was just like what like yeah but you 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 think you look back at that now right do you feel like you don't feel like that was harsh like you feel like yo i see a lot of people start this thing you know what i mean and sometimes you do have to wait a year because you know some people are just in it for the wrong reasons and you really you realize like when you keep seeing people at the scene and you be like, oh, mm-hmm. I, this mug is still at it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, it gotten better since the last time I saw him. Because it's easy to yeah. see somebody and, and see their bright eyes and you go, huh, let yeah. them get, that's, like, so, oh, that's so cute. Look at them. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh, care about it. You, you're going to change the world with your comments. <laughs> you know I mean? And like, I didn't think it was me, but I just kind of was like, okay. Yeah. Um, but of course, Hindsight is twenty twenty. So looking back at it now, like especially, I don't know, maybe I'm more aware of it. I'm woke to it. Mm-hmm. It seems like there are more people jumping into the realm of comedy Absolutely. every day. Absolutely. And it's like some people like you, you, you can see who's doing what and, and whatever. And, and then with the social media aspect, some people, I wouldn't say skip the line, but they have another route um, yeah. into their success. Right. And so you know, it's, I, I try to do it case by case. So like when someone, you know, some young, I sound like an old cat, some young Thundercat is like, hey, do you have any advice for somebody that's starting comedy? And we get asked that question so much. And I'm like, yeah, do it. The only <laughs> way you're going to know if you like it, the only way you're going to know if you like it is if you get on stage, yeah. get on stage and see how it feels and then go from there. Right. You know what I mean? And then if they consistently do it, hey, how do you write jokes? Well, listen, this is my process. These are the things I do. Here you go. And you like, I'm very transparent in giving of my journey mm-hmm. um, because we all have different ones. So I'll say, hey, this is what I did. This is what worked for me. This is what didn't work for me. Here's all of this information and you sort through it and do with it what you will and apply it to your life. So I'm very much the change that I want to see. And I'm very much the change that I wish some people would have been to me coming Uh, up. So I just kind of look at it that way. Um, But let's be clear, I'm still childish and I'm still ignorant as fuck. And I still do, you know, some things where I'm like, nigga, you can't sit with us. You know, I still (laughs) So your first time on stage was it, uh, did you have anything written down? Did you just go up there with the idea of what you thought comedy was or? So the first time I did, the first time I did, which I took that video down off of YouTube. Oh, you put it up too. I put it, I was so proud of what I had done. (laughs) And I put it up and and then one day I forgot it was up and I looked and I was like, nigga, I was like, this is horrible. So the first time I, you know, I knew I was going to do it and I was like, well, I've always enjoyed comedy. I know what's funny. I know, I've always been a funny person. Mm-hmm. I, I know that you just have to talk and you have to be funny. Mm-hmm. And so I said, I'm just going to go up there and just, you know, talk about what's going on in the world. Wow. You know, I tried, like I approached it as like, I guess you would say a monologue on SNL or something like right. that. Right, right, but right, right. 
I didn't know the rules of comedy. I right. didn't know how things went. So right. um, when I got to the show, they were like, hey, you know, the show starts at eight o'clock. Be here at 730. I'm a punctual corporate girl. I get there at seven o'clock uh. an hour before the show starts. And so the, the producer of the show is like, yeah, you're going on eighth in the lineup. Wow. Eighth in the lineup. So I was like, again, I don't know the better. I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, eighth. All right. Well, yeah, cool. All right. Eighth. All right, cool. Whatever. Not knowing why are there eight niggas on this lineup? Yeah. More importantly, there were more than eight niggas on the lineup. I was just going eighth. So I got bumped. And then I'm at this show, which I'm thinking it's a comedy show, but it's not. It's a whole ass circus. You got singers, rappers, comedians, poets, jugglers, fire breathers. It was like, <laughs> what the? And so I got bumped. So by the time I got on stage, it was 1130 at night. Oh my God. I had been here for four and a half hours. I done brought all these people to come and see me. Another thing, uh, they was like, yeah, you can get you know five to seven minutes. Um, you sell these tickets and boom, you in there. They gave me 20 tickets at $20 a pop. I sold all 20 of them. Turned all the money over to the to the pr producer of the show. They Again, I don't, you know, I didn't know. So I was like, all right, here. My people are there. And and now by the time I hit stage, which I didn't realize until later, but now I take it back to that first moment. By the time I get on stage, now I'm annoyed. Now I'm irritated. Now I'm tired. And now I'm in physical pain because at the time I had a brace. I had a brace on my wrist. I had carpal tunnel. So now I'm mad. And then the guy calls me up on stage and he says my name wrong. So mm. my name is Tiana. So he calls me up on So my name is Tiana Davis. And he calls me up on stage as Tiana Davis. And I was just, so that irritated me. Right. So as soon as I go up on stage, I'm in his ass. I was like, uh, well, first of all, my name's Tiana. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm in him. And I was like, you told me that I was going on, you know, uh, at eight, you told me to be here at this time. Like I'm going in. Right, right. Well, that's you, you, and your way it's not, that's not bad though. You mean, so I'm like, but the crowd is high. They, they, and I'm like, I'm not about to ask y'all how y'all doing tonight. Cause y'all done been asked 12 times before I got up here. Y'all drunk, it's late. Y'all having a great time. Y'all don't care about nothing I'm saying. So I'm just <laughs> ranting. And then I started talking about, yeah, man, my life is in shambles. You know, I lost my house, lost my kid, my car, lost my man. Lights got cut off. I got to move back home with my mom. And I'm just going off right. about what was really happening in my life at right. that time. Right. Crowd dying laughing. Wow. They, they dying. I, and I get the light, which I didn't see a light, didn't know anything about a light. I just was like, all right, well, I'm done. Uh, thank y'all. And I got <laughs> off stage. And so, you know, the producer comes up and he was like, oh, girl, you real funny. And I was like, yeah, whatever, nigga. You know what I mean? Right, like, right. And so I just knew that I felt good. Yeah, yeah. I just felt yeah. like, I just felt good. I got to pour all of that out. And then people coming up to me afterwards, like, oh my God, you're super funny. And I was just like, okay. And I, so I literally fell in love at right. first. Right, that, right. And, and that's when I was like, hey, where do you guys, so where do y'all be at? Where do you go? And I would just, I would, I would be everywhere. I would yeah. go to open mics and I would just sit and watch. I would pay to get in and I would just sit and watch and, you know, just try to figure it out. And then uh, when I got brave enough, I would go back and sign up for the, the mic. And then I would get up there, do my three to five minutes and just, whatever and it wasn't until i bombed my dick off yeah yeah 
that it hurt. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, I don't like this feeling. I need to figure it out. And that's when I started to write. So okay. I was already a writer okay. with other things, but that's when I started to write material. Because before I was just going up, what happened in the world this week? What are they saying on the news? This is what, and I would talk about, so it was my perspective of what was going on in the world. So you were still, on, if, the, you were still on the monologue kick. So it was still yeah. the idea of the monologue on Saturday Life. So, so it's, it's perfect. But yeah. the, the, the thing that I get, the thing that I get that I love about that story is you went on stage, you got the feeling first. Mm-hmm. So even if you didn't do good that night, I still feel like that feeling would have been something that drove you to continue to go forward. Yeah. Here's so many stories of people say, I bombed my ass off the first time I got on stage, but I went back mm-hmm. and I go, okay. So sometimes it's not even whether the crowd feels it or not. It's the fact that you're standing on stage and you're conquering what somebody might've said they don't believe you can do or what you said in your head. The fact that you were going out and checking it out, paying your money, going and checking it out, studying. Yeah. How did they get that to work? That wasn't even funny, but he made it funny. You know what right. I mean? Those type right. of things. You know what I mean? So then good. when you go back and sit down and write, now it's like, all right, well, I saw him do the show and he came out and said this, which mm-hmm. was a misdirection. And you probably didn't know the terms and stuff of that. But first. I bought books because I'm a nerd. But that's, that's okay. So Todd, let me add, let me tell you this. So I bought books. Right. So 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 YouTube. the first time, yeah. So me, uh, I knew going on stage. For the first time, I knew preparedness was going to be important. Corporate America, Bank mm-hmm. of America, 17, 17 years. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Proper preparation prevents poor performance. I learned that when I was pledging. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I took a class. The reason I took a class was I wanted to know what not to do on stage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tell mm-hmm. me how I don't get booed. And yeah. they were like, well, we can't make you funny. I said, all right, y'all white. I already know that. You can't make me funny. You know what I'm saying? I know that you guys have been around enough of this to let me know how not to make a mistake on stage. Right. Case in point, one of the first jokes that I wrote was about something that happened in corporate America when they were having a potluck. I was on phone. Lady come up to me and said, are you going to get something from the potluck? I said, I can't leave my desk right now, but I'll be over there in a minute. What do they have? She's like, "Mm, well, mm, they got watermelon. Bitch. I was like, I was like, why would you just say watermelon? You know what I'm saying? So the first joke I wrote was, don't offer black people watermelon. That's not what we hear. Mm-hmm. What we hear is, would you like a piece of this Negro? Or would you like a piece of this nigga apple? Right? The comedy class was like, don't say nigga apple. It's like, don't, don't do that. Right? right now. And I was like, I said, I said, that's funny. That's what I that's what I, that's what I think when I hear it. They was like, well, it's too harsh. And they was like, just like change it. So I changed it to Negro Apple while I was doing my practice session, right? The night of the show, fuck them. Yeah. I'm on, I'm on stage. Yeah. Crowd lost it. Fucking yeah. lost it, right? <laughs> yeah. So that there was the whole process of them telling me what not to do, me knowing in my mind, I know how to make it work. Mm-hmm. And then making that process work. Think simple things like taking a mic stand and putting it behind you. Learn that in class. Yeah. I see so many people make that mistake that I gotta pull youngest comedians to the side, like, hey man, you did a good job. However, get that damn mic stand from in front and of see, you. See, I didn't learn that from a cl- like I didn't take a class. I right. learned that OG saying, hey, just like you said, hey, take the stand and put it behind you. Yeah. And 
I have an issue with cords. Like I, I do not like a mic with a cord. I, I love them. Yeah. I hate them. Yeah. I'd rather have a cordless mic. But yeah. I watched people work a cord, and then because I wear heels and I'm always worried about if I'm gonna fall, and so I watched different ways people work the cord, and I know how to, you know, obviously do it. But you know, so a lot of the stuff that I. I did. I, I learned by watching. I learned by doing, reading. Yeah. And then I, I've always loved watching stand-up comedy. So I went back and looked at old stuff. I went back and looked at old Death Jams. I went back and looked at Comic Relief yeah. and, that, wow. and all things. And I just knew, I just knew it felt good. I just knew that I loved how it felt. Right. And, and But when I bombed, <laughs> I knew I didn't like that. Now, I didn't get booed. Yeah, yeah. But I know that I bombed. Right, right. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I can't. Because I'm a super competitive person. My right. ego like, you suck. Get back. I was like, nah, I got to go back. So I started writing. And I'll never forget this. The set that the set that you saw, the set mm -hmm. that I've been building on for the past six years, uh -huh. was part of the stuff that I had written. And I remember one night I got up, I, my mother and I had got into it. Mm -hmm. And so I left the house because I was like, you know, let me leave the house for, I fuck up, you Because <laughs> she and you. But, <laughs> like, let me leave and uh -huh. just cool off. I'm going to go to an open mic, have a drink and just be cool. You know, I had a little, little bit of the wacky tobacco, okay? Mm -hmm. And a couple of drinks. And I was like, you know what? I want some time tonight. So I asked the kid that was running the show. I was like, hey, you think I can get a few minutes? He was like, yeah, sure. I'm like, all right, cool. And I just knew that this stuff that I had written down, it wasn't even jokes. It was just my experiences yeah. from my relationship that I had with a younger guy. Mm -hmm. And I went up on stage and I think everything was just in the, everything just aligned that night because it was right next to a college campus, Morgan State University. Uh so the crowd was mostly college kids. The producer of the show was a college kid. So it was a younger audience, you know, and it was black people or whatever. And I go up and I just started talking about how I dated the younger man and how I prefer to date the younger man versus the older man that I was dating. And I couldn't even tell you everything that I said. I was just talking about that. And it was the first time I got a standing ovation. Mm. And I didn't understand the reaction. I just was like, I'm writing, okay. right? Yeah. It was like, I don't know what I did but I know that I am on the right track. Right. It, so I need to keep saying this. So every time I would go to open mics, I would keep saying that. And then OG came up to me and was like, I like how you keep repeating yourself. And I was like, I don't know, isn't that weird? And they were like, nah, that's what you're supposed to do. Right. That's, you're building a set. And I was like, yeah, you know, I'm building a set. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you're, I, just, you're green all the way around. Like you don't even, right. That's so, wow. It's like comedy set. Yeah. You know, it's so and I was like, oh, okay. So it was like, oh, your routine, your act. Yeah, yeah. So I and I literally just built it pieces at a time, two minutes, add on, add on, add on. And then it was like, all right, I've mastered this five minutes. Now let me create a new five minutes. Five minutes. Yeah. So so now they're seeing me do a different five minutes, blah blah blah. And so then one day, you know, somebody's like, Hey, how much do you charge for a show? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I guess give me whatever you want. I don't whatever and so I started to get booked yeah and I remember one time I got booked to do 20 minutes and I was like 20 minutes I was like I don't have 20 minutes and then yeah. I was like yeah dude if I put this piece with this piece 
and in this piece with this piece and that literally what i did i put all my pieces together and 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 it and it just grew from there yeah 20 minutes and i yeah. got so good so fast and people liked me mm. on the scene and auditioned for things and here we are yeah and so, that's that's dope i mean it's it's good to have the success early um, because it, it drives you like it gives mm -hmm. you a reason not to quit on yourself or say why not you know what i mean and you know some people don't have that early success my success didn't come in the form of like competitions or anything like that it just came from the older older comedian saying you're good man like mm -hmm. you 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 got you found the voice like you know who you want to be mm -hmm. you're not being somebody else you don't sound like anybody else Mm -hmm. Um, and you, you, uh, you're smart when you talk, like, it's not, it's not an act. And I was yeah. like, yeah. So, you know, a lot of people get up there and they do a character and they do this and they're like, you just talking real shit, bro. Like, like that's, yeah. that's what you want to do. So I, that's where my motivation came from because my my peers accepted me faster. Like I didn't have to go through that whole process. Oh, he just started. It was just yeah. like, this nigga starting, but this nigga good. Like it was, you know, it was yeah. like a whole different thing like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So um, that's where I felt like that kept kept me um, like motivated. I, I had somebody call me today and said, "Hey, I need you to send me your information and give me your TV credits because they're looking for somebody to such and such and such and such." And they was like, "So just give me like three TV credits." And I'm like, <laughs> "It's like three. So then I got one." And I was like, "They was like, what?" I was like, yeah, man. They was like, you on Comic View, right? I was like, hell no. Nah. I don't know Comic View. And they're like, what? And I go, TV credits ain't nothing but an opportunity. I was like, don't, don't get it twisted. Like, people can say, give me a TV credit. Give me your TV credits. And I was like, I don't have any TV credits. I just, my opportunities haven't come in that direction. I was like, but, you know, if you look on my calendar, I'm booked. I was mm -hmm. like, but here's the crazy thing about it is, um, Tell them to pick who they want to have the TV credits and let me go after them and watch what I do. I mean, if you're looking for a comedian, I was like, so this, that's, the TV credit don't make you a comedian. TV credit just means you got a TV credit. Yeah. Like, but my whole thing is, is put me on stage after they get done, after they TV credits and stuff, and then see what I do. And then, and then we'll, we'll have a discussion. So yeah. it's like, I, I mean, I don't never, I don't ever, you know, knock my ability to be able to just get on stage because I'm never in competition with the comedian. Yeah, my job is to make the audience laugh. So For that's sure. my challenge. You know what I mean? So comedian go up there and act a fool. I mean, like I, I, I've worked on stage with Tony, Tony Roberts, and <laughs> he's a damn fool. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, but, but you, you still got to go up and do a set after that. You know what I mean? Like, but, you know, like <laughs> I freaking, I freaking love Tony. Yeah, and lucky to enough to be able to feature for him uh -huh. before. And he, I just talked to him the other day. That was a crazy thing. I, we were just on FaceTime the other day. Mm -hmm. And it's like, for me, it's so cool that the people that I saw on TV, mm -hmm. you know, coming mm -hmm. up and it's like, now I, I get to meet them, but not only do I meet them, like they're my colleagues. colleagues you know what yeah. I mean? You, like you still hold them, you know, you still have that certain level of respect and, and stuff like that for them. But it's like, like I met Monique, but I love Monique from all of the things that she's done. And I do the same thing that she does. And she she checked on me. She wanted she wanted to know how I was doing. Like that, yeah. like that's great. Like the other night, literally last night, uh -huh. 
Yeah, last night I'm on a Zoom with Roy Wood Jr. Yeah. Leslie Jones. Yeah. Chris Spencer, Ruben Paul, Joey right. Wells, all right. that digital people. And I was just sitting there like six years ago when I got on stage for the first time, if you told me that six years later that this would be happening, I'd be like, you're ridiculous. What are you talking about? Right. So I, like, I love that the journey is continuous. It mm -hmm. doesn't end. And like, but I know that there's so much further to go. Right. You know, and, and I think that's one of the, my favorite things about it. I, being a comedian is, I don't want to call it a job, but it, it supports me, pays my bills, but it's the best job I've ever had. I'll, I'll tell you this, and this is why I, I don't, I don't have, I don't have bad issues with comedians. Like I, I get along with almost anybody that I meet when it comes to comedy. Right. Well, I don't. But, but <laughs> it's, very, it's very much fuck a lot of people. Okay. Yeah, I, I feel you. I mean, it depends on the situations that you're in. Uh, I know if somebody's dirty, like somebody do me dirty, I just don't mess with them no more. Yeah. But I yeah. just won't, I won't be in those situations where I'll be like, yo, fuck that nigga. Da, da, da. Only person I really can't stand in comedy is Ari Spears. Like, I can't stand that dude. But that's yo, a whole you, other. Yo, you, you just went hard. You just gonna name him? That's. I don't, hey. I don't give a damn. I didn't. I had. I had video up about that dude. Like I don't. I love, care I love that energy. He was like, yeah, uh, this yeah. guy. Okay. Yeah, Eric Spears. Eric Spears is gonna suck a big one. Um, but here, here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. Um, I, I will say this. I, I I met you. I work with you. I see you. I see the the progress and things that's going on with you. I see like people like a, a Ryan Davis or. Or uh, people like, like, and I've like Ryan Davis was young, and like he, like he was coming up as I was already mm -hmm. established, things like that. So I've seen him come through the process. He come to me, ask me questions, like, "Yo, how do I mm -hmm. do that?" I was like, "Yo, this is what you need to do, man. You starting off good, man. The misdirection is fucking awesome. You know, I'm dealing with mm -hmm. all these details and things like that. See him, boom, take off. I'm like, "Yo, you killing it." I still call. If I call Ryan right now on the phone, he picks up. It's not a situation where he like, I ain't call, I ain't talking to him. He's like, Bliss, what's good, man? I mean, that's just what it is. Yeah, he's, he's always said, he, whenever he talks about his OGs, your name does come up. So. And, it, and it, here's, here's the crazy thing about, here's the crazy thing about that. I continue to go down the path I go down, and I don't worry about people's success around me because I'm like, shit, their success is my success. I've seen it. I know what mm -hmm. it is. Here's mm -hmm. the crazy thing. Just like you say, when you talk to Ryan Davis, he mentions OGs, my name comes up. Well, validation is sometimes all you need. Hey, listen. All people got to do is hear a name. You might go somewhere and say something, and they be like, yeah, such and such and such and such, and we doing this show or whatever, but some guy called named Jay Bliss, and you be like, Jay Bliss, that's Jay my Bliss? boy. And, oh, and, and then all of a sudden, they're like, yeah. oh, is he is he good? And you be like, um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's all you yeah. need. I mean, all you need is somebody yeah. to go, do you know Ty Davis? And they go, no. And you go, you better... Get Todd Davis yeah. on this call. That's all you that's, need. That's very much how I've gotten a lot of the work that I've gotten. Mm -hmm. Like, and I don't like to say, you know, there's opportunities that I've gotten that I shouldn't have gotten. No, there are opportunities that I absolutely should have gotten, but I got them because someone spoke up for me. You someone stood tall for me. You know who's good at that? Just shouting your name out? Rodney Perry. 
Roddy Perry shouts everybody out. Listen, Roddy I mean, if you go through on his live and you just pop in to see what Roddy's talking about, he be like, everybody, my man, Jay Bliss. I'll be like, Rodney, chill. I'm going to bring my man, Jay Bliss, on. And I yep. go, man, yo, I, I got I to pull over now. And what's okay. going on, Rodney? Like, <laughs> I, know, I know, right? I know. <laughs> but yeah, like, Rodney Perry is a comedian's comedian. Like, Absolutely. There's not that many of him. He's just a great guy. He Absolutely. always looks back. He's one of those people that he knows the open micer to the comedic rock star. He knows Absolutely. everybody in between and he's always in touch with what's going on. And Rodney Perry has, Rodney Perry was my first um, celebrity interview that I secured on my own, on my own show. Yeah. Uh, and I was so excited about that. And he didn't know me. He had never seen me do comedy. Um, and he just was like, yeah, I'll do it. And I was just like, yeah, right. You know what I mean, so it's super nice guy. I love Rodney. That's dope. So, how did you end up with the radio? Because now, let me let me. It's like you was at DTLR, um, yeah, um, uh, uh, yeah downtown locker room. I yeah. figured out what that was when somebody said, "I said, oh, that's what that shit mean." Yeah. <laughs> so, how did that happen? So, so I'm working at the bank, yeah, right? yeah. and um, I'm doing comedy, and um, there's a cat. Who, I'm, I don't fuck with people, so I'm not going to say their names. She gets no shine on my my shit. Um, so there's a cat, <laughs> Cause I don't like you now. Um, <laughs> you were cool then, but you're not now. Uh, so fuck you, but hey, what's up? Um, so so uh, there was this cat that used to do this room every Monday, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not gonna say the name of it because it doesn't exist anymore. And if I say who it is, then people will know. And I'm like, mm, fuck that guy. Okay, right, right. <laughs> right, 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 right. Uh, so this cat used to have this room and um, he had this room every Monday, people would go. And because I was a comedian or aspiring comedian, I'm just, you know, going, kicking on the scene, just learning, move, shake, whatever. Right. I would go, but I would never perform. I never asked to perform, but it, it wasn't an open mic. It was a show. Mm. So I would just go and watch the show. And one of the, D, the DJ, one of the DJs for the show was also a DJ for the broadcast radio station here in Baltimore. Okay. But they also had a radio show on DTLR. And so... Um, I remember one day I, I had a, a show with two, so he had a co-host, the DJ had a co-host, and then he had another comedian that was like a contributor. So he had two comics on his show. And I had a show in DC that evening with those two comics. So I just met them at the studio, which wasn't far from my mother's house, and I was just gonna wait for them to finish up. Right. And so um, he had seen me a couple times, you know, at the show the DJ did, and he was like, hey, when you, He's like, you a comedian, right? And I was like, yeah. He's like, when are you going to go on stage? And I was like, I don't know. I guess when they let me one day, I don't know. You know, I just thought it was, you got to earn your stripes. Type deal. I'm, I'm not funny enough, but when I get funny enough, they'll let me play. But right now I can't play. So um, he was like, oh, okay. He was like, I feel like you're funny. And I was like, I think I'm funny. And so anyway, so, so I'm at the radio station with those two people waiting for them to finish up so we can go to DC to do the show. Yeah. And um, we were all going to ride together. And so DJ's like, hey, why are you sitting in here? And I was like, because I'm waiting for y'all to be done. He was like, come come in the studio with us. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. So I'm in the studio and I'm just sitting there. Again, like I'm such a student, such a nerd. I'm just I'm like, oh, look at how they do that. That's crazy. Oh, okay. Well, oh, he pressed the button. What does that button do? Like I'm just, you yeah. know, just looking around and they're having a conversation. Out of nowhere, he says, hey, Ty, what do you think? And shoves the mic in my face. And I was like, I think da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And, and that was that. And after that, he was like, 
he was like, man, that was really dope. You know, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm used to speaking and being on the spot. And so after that, you know, I had had a day off work one day and I was like, hey, uh, do you guys mind if I come and kick it with y'all? You know, I'm yeah. off. You know, I just kind of want to yeah. see what y'all do. And they were yeah. like, yeah, sure. So I would come and I would just sit and look around. And then next thing I know, it was, hey, Ty, what do you think? And hey, Ty. so then I'm like, oh, man, this is cool. So I'm going to kick it at the radio station. So, you know, with them. And then I was like, you know what? we should probably talk about this. So I would write down a little bit of stuff and I'm like, hey, this is what's trending. I was like, I don't know if you got any ideas, but this is what's going on. You might want to talk about it, da, 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 da. And next thing you know, I'm a contributor on the show. Uh, his, his show was five days a week and I was a contributor on the show. The other two comics ended up leaving and it was just me and him. And and then I became the co-host of that show. Right. Um, and then it got to the point where if he was sick or if he was out of town, then they would start to let me run the show on my own when he wasn't there. Right. And so I was like, okay, I'm, but the whole time I'm learning how to do stuff. Right. I'm learning how to operate the boards. I'm learning how to, you know, do all this stuff. And, um, and then the opportunity presented itself. The morning slot, the 11 to two slot was, was open. And I was like, I'm going to throw my head in the ring. So I was like, hey, uh, I don't know what you guys plan on doing with that. I just want to let you know that I'm interested and I'm throwing my hat in the ring. And they were like, well, you know, if you get that, then you would have to leave that show. And I was like, yeah, I know. Yeah. Like, I wanted to do my own thing. You know, I was a co-host. I had to follow the A-mite. And yeah, I'm ready to do my own thing. And they were like, oh, okay, cool. And I gave them reasons like this is why you should give me this show and <laughs> uh, this is what I bring to the you know, game right. so I pretty much saw myself on it and then probably a week or two went by and they told me that I got the show so I started radio in 2016 I started com- I did comedy for the first time November 2014 okay. and I was supposed to do a show in December but I didn't and then 2015 so you figure a year, like a year after I started comedy, I got into radio. Radio, yeah. And been on radio up until the pandemic, and then yeah. I lost my good radio job because of COVID. Thanks. So, do you feel like, um, well, here's the thing that 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 experience you still have it. So you still have a tangible ability to be able to work on radio, and when COVID's over. You never know what opportunity is going to come up. You might have just had to be have that piece of detail because you have a great voice. Number one on a, on the radio, and I would I would tune you in. Said that. Like, yeah, I would it, tune in. I would tune in to like your your lives. Like after I met you and I was following you, I was like, oh yo, she a radio DJ. You know, I'm like, look at that yeah. shit, and you all doing the mixes and shit. I'm like, yo, she doing all that shit. You know what I mean? Like, yo, how she get that shit? You know what I mean? So it was just like one of those things. But um, yeah, like the experience is there, like. Like you yeah. just don't know what's gonna happen. Like somebody comes to you, know, yo, we trying to do this concept. We, so most most people most people have a comedian on the radio show, right? right? You had your right. own show, so boom, you're like, okay, I can do this, you know? Yeah. You know, let me hire yeah. me. You know what I mean? And everything's syndicated through the pandemic. They learn people can do it from home. So like. Yeah, you know, once you got a board, it's like, yo, let's do it. You know what I mean? So I feel I like mean, I feel like your 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 experience is there for a reason. I mean, they damn sure ain't gonna hire you to be funny at the bank again. You know what I mean? So it's like it's like, it's like I mean, I was at the bank. I was I was doing comedy at the bank 
You see, I started, I started, uh, I started doing comedy in 2000, November, 2005. I had been with the bank already. I started the bank in 1999. So I've been, you know, I've been, but I was doing comedy all that time. Like all that time I was at the bank and I left the bank in 2016. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. I left the, I left the bank in 2016. Right. I didn't quit. I didn't quit. No, I, I just, just never went back to work. You said you never went back to work. I got, I got, they gave me the package. And I was like, yo, I'm going to take this shit. Called up the ex-wife like, yo, I think I'm going to try to do comedy full time. She was like, yo, can that work? I was like, I think so. I was like, but, but you know, if I just need you to come down off the child support a little bit, like cut it in half. And I was like, you cool with that? She was like, I guess. I was like, I was like, yo, you were like, <laughs> I could do you a solid. Right, right. Well, you know, she had to kind of look at the longevity of things, of how things mm-hmm. have had panned out from our divorce and how, you know, I was consistent. Like I wasn't ever not yeah. there and never taking care of my responsibilities. So I can see why I was some old fuck ass dude. But she was like, all right, you good for it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So she gave me a shot, you know what I'm saying? But then when the, when the pandemic happened, we still having no conversations. I'm like, yo. I'm gonna get back on my shit in a minute. Like, like, like just, just like I got us. I got them babies, you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm they're good, you know what I mean? So yeah, it's like one of those things. So um I what I like to do on the uh on the podcast is uh if you ever watch the actor studio from James Lipton, he would mm-hmm. uh he would uh fire questions off at the guests and I remixed it a little bit. So I'm gonna fire these questions off. You give me what you feel. Uh, are, are good for for this. All right. What's okay. your uh, what's your favorite word? My favorite word. Yes. Fuck. Oh, okay. Okay. And what's your least favorite word? <laughs> capping. Capping. Okay. So the whole no cap cap like they've they've taken that and ran with it, and I'm Hate like it. every time now, y'all. Hate like it. yeah, it's like you know, Throw it and away. it's I don't think it's going anywhere. It's stupid. I hate it. Throw it away. I yeah. don't and I, I'm like, so you can't just say like word, like oh for real, like, like lot, no, yeah, or, <laughs> like, like, like no doubt. I want the word capping and all variations of it to go away. Capping, no cap, cap that all of it. Throw it away. I don't want it anymore. <laughs> I want it to stay right here in 2020. Let's not take it into 2021. I don't want it anymore. Have you, have, have you made that public uh, statement on, on social media at all? Yes. I remember <laughs> I remember last year when we were closing out, you know, near the end of, you know, the year, like this time, I was like, uh, what, are, what are the thing? what are some things that we're leaving in 2019? You know, so I would make segments like, oh, we're leaving. I want to leave this word and I want to leave that. And so I actually uh, did it on radio where the, what things are we leaving? What things or phrases are we leaving in 2019? Right. But fortunately, Cap'n made it to 2020. It did. It did. So it's, hopefully it's it doesn't make it I'm going to tell you how the quickest way to get people to stop doing it is when white people start doing it. So, you know, I guess my best thing is like I do a lot of shows in front of white audiences. So I guess if I start telling the masses of white people I work in front of the car, start saying cap, no cap, it'll, it'll, it'll change. Like once white people start doing it, people stop doing that shit. And then, and, and that's a young kid word, you know it what is. I mean? Like it people is. 40 and up, I, I really, like, you ain't grow up saying that shit. Stop. You know what I'm <laughs> like, 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 no, like my mother said it the other day and I was like, 
You don't sound right when you say it. Don't say that. You know, so. <laughs> Yo, that's so funny. It's like, uh, I love I love when I came up. I'm not even going to sit there in front. Yeah. I'm not going to act like the time frame by which I was a child or I was a young adult wasn't the dopest time frame of all time to me. You I know what I mean? We might be biased, but I really feel like. Yeah, I feel like we these, in that wheelhouse. Like this 40 year space yeah. is the best part of history. Yes. The best part of history from beginning to wherever it may go, but like right is the best part. So I was looking online, right? Like hip hop, hip hop was invented a month after I was born. So wow. I was like, yo, like I was like right in it. Like I was like, yo, you when can't was hip hop invented? It was in August of uh 1973. Do you know the day? August eleventh, nineteen seventy three. Do you know what my birthday is? What is it? August eleventh. And mine is July 11th. <laughs> there we go. Yo, like, was, like, <laughs> like, I, like I wanted to, like I knew the answer, but I just wanted to ask you because I'm like. Well, listen, I was like, yo, when I looked at it, I was like, word. But here's the crazy thing. I was probably supposed to be born on August 11th because I was a twin and we we had to come out early. So I was like, I was like. I was like <laughs> Even though I wasn't born in 73. But yeah, yeah, no, nah, I, I got you. Yeah. Hip hop. Yeah, August 11th. It's on yeah. my birthday. August 11th, yeah. It's so. another another uh, another weird fact, because I don't mm. want to call this a fun fact. It's not mm. fun at all. One of my favorite comedians and actors, Robin Williams, mm -hmm. passed away mm -hmm. August 11th, 2014. Mm -hmm. On my birthday, the same year I started comedy. Mm. Mm. Did, you, did you ever talk, to, did you ever hear the story about Roddy Perry and him going to that theater? to go see um, Robin Harris and he he died the next day? Yeah. Rodney Perry oh. had some of the best stories. Like yeah, absolutely. I love talking to that dude, man. I love talking to that dude. So um, the other thing is uh, my my motto, which is behind me, the TTBS, stands for that's that bullshit. Anything and everything you absolutely don't control over your life, that's what that's that bullshit is. So to, to you, what is that's that bullshit? Uh, what is like my yeah like what is that's that bullshit to you wait so so let me make sure i got it so that's that bullshit to you is like how you i guess it's like your affirmation and how you get through life like is that what you mean nah it's like the definition to me is anything and everything you absolutely no control over in your life so it that's can be anything that's that bullshit to me like that's that bullshit you know what i mean so to you when you think of that's that bullshit what is what, what comes to mind that's that bullshit. It's yeah. like, really? Like, it, like, first of all, that's stupid and that's ridiculous and I don't have time for it and I just don't, I don't want no parts of it. it it's not of any importance to me because that's that bullshit. Like, that's what I would think of. Right. But what I'm saying is, is specifically something that happens in an everyday situation or life or just in general that you oh, realize um, that that's that bullshit. Yeah. Like, people... <laughs> Like um, people not liking me to the point where they want to sabotage or harm me. It's like, it's yo, like yo. why you can't just not like me? You got to try to do something to to like that's that bullshit. Like it's cool to not like, me, but you know, relax. They down in the lab, like, mm, let me try to figure out how I can ruin her life. That's so crazy. That's that bullshit. That That's is that bullshit. Yo, it's it's uh it's funny to me um how triggered people are 
by a simple unfollow on social media. I'm like, um, yeah, I unfollowed you. Why? I go, why you unfollow? Because you was talking bullshit. Like, I don't want to see that shit on my I don't want to see it. Like, 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 oh, we ain't cool? Yo, we wasn't hanging out anyway. Like, chill out. You know what I mean? Like, or we are cool. I just don't want to follow you. Like, (laughs) we still cool. Like, I have this app on my phone, which I used to track my follower following ratios and all of that stuff. Right. And when I go, it goes, there's a list that says people, people who don't follow you back. Right. And so I look at that list. And if I see someone has unfollowed me that, that I know, like, let's say you and I follow each other. Right. Let's say one day I go to that list and I see that you're on it and you've unfollowed me. I'm like, oh, okay. And I go to Instagram, unfollow. Yeah, absolutely. It, it ain't a, hey, my man, let me holler at you real quick. Like, right. that, so this is what we doing. It's not, it's not. <laughs> relax. <laughs> relax like you shouldn't be concerned unless i block you now if i block your ass it's like hey money i don't want to see you in my virtual space anywhere Everywhere, but, yeah yeah you know yeah they put you but, but but that's the culture that we live in now social media it is. is so it important is. to people now so it is um what and what's the opposite of that's that bullshit tell me what's the shit to you authenticity okay. just being genuine and being and being self-aware like self-awareness and genuine energy and like even if it's even if it's somebody that I don't like right like uh, I'm trying to think of because I don't like a lot of niggas um (laughs) I'm trying to think of somebody like um I don't know I can't think I was trying to think of like a celebrity or something like that but it's like wow like that's who you are. Like you good with that? Like yeah, yeah. But I fuck with that energy. You like, hey, this is who I am. This is where I'm at with it. This is what I want to do. Sorry, not sorry. Like I fuck with the energy of someone being unapologetic and, and genuine. Like and and I am okay. Yeah. And this is who I am. Like I fuck with that energy. I love yeah, that. Yeah. Like I would say, um, I think part of part of getting to that growth is knowing your faults. Like knowing your faults and understanding what your faults are. Yeah. Um, a lot of people, and I and I say this all the time, like if you're not, if you don't have no humility on stage, you're never gonna be a great comedian. Like you can't be the man all the fucking time or that the yeah. shit all the time on stage. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. Like you can't be the winner in every joke. Like, mm-hmm. like the audience is like, yo, so you just fucking perfect up here? Like, like you <laughs> where's your self-deprecation? Where's your fuck up? Like, where is your vulnerability on stage like and i see i see comedians and that's like i'm like dude you can't tell that joke like you can't tell that joke because you're not you're not in that space like you're you're in shape you got a nice physique and you talking about fat people that joke ain't gonna work for you. Like, like, like is it like, funny like, though? <laughs> like, is it funny though? I don't think the crowd is gonna accept it. You know what I mean? Like funny to them <laughs> if they deliver it to the crowd and they find it funny. Like, here's why I said that because I'm having a discussion with someone the other day, and mm. it was a woman comic, and she was like, Yo, like, I'm so tired of hearing, you know, women, you know, tell period jokes. And I don't think they should, you know, be telling period jokes. And I was like, but is it funny? Like, I mean, like, 
Right. This period joke. I, so, I, I feel that. I feel that part yeah. of it. Yeah. So I uh, I have a a, a friend now, of mine. Period jokes, but nah, I got a friend of mine I, that does, uh, does period jokes. That's a bit. He does a bit. He talks about douching, right? He goes, "Yeah, that's hacky." Everybody got like a douche joke. Then he goes, <laughs> "But here's mine," and, and it's like the whole setup. The whole Here setup it of it is like, like, yeah. and I'm like, yo, dude, that's genius. That you know you about to do a bit, but the fact the way you set it up, it's like yo, it's like it's going to be funny now, regardless of whether you, you know, you you led with the misdirect, you right pointed out the obvious, and here we go. Right, that that within itself is funny. This I love it. Like I I love when I write jokes and I'm thinking about the punchline. Like this is what I want to have punchline, right? Yeah, but. When I see, like, when I'm working a joke and I'm like, wow, these these motherfuckers are dying at the setup. Like, if you think yeah. this is funny, wait till, wait till we get here. Yes. You know? Yes. That's the best feeling, like, um, a new joke killing. Listen. It's like, my God, I can't wait to get back on stage to do this again. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> it's like where's my next it, joke? Because right. it doesn't happen often. So when it happens, it's like, yeah, I'm the man and I'm a woman. Right, 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 right. But but tell but tell but tell like this like so so you everybody knows like your new bit is not in the beginning of your set. It's somewhere in the middle, somewhere in the sweet spot that's that's sandwiched in between two good jokes just in case it doesn't work. But Mm -hmm. it's like building up to get to that point. It's like oh my god, like those are great feelings. The other great feeling is when you can take your closer and put it as your third joke because you have a new closer. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like, I learned this from Rodney Perry. I remember uh-huh. the last time we performed together, I said, yeah, Uncle Rodney, I'm just kind of feeling, you know, eh, about my material. Um, you know, I, I was thinking about writing, you know, a whole new set, but Joey Wells was like, why are you writing a whole new set? Has everyone seen what you've right. already done everywhere? Right. Right. He's like, no, you keep you keep working that, and I was like, right. oh, right. But I was just feeling kind of stuck and and not. Yeah. So Ronnie Perry was like, all right, what's your opening bit? I told him. He's like, all right, what you close with? I told him. He was like, all right, do your closer first. I was like, nigga, what? What? Yeah, why? Yeah. Why? Why would I do that? He was like, you said you wanted to be challenged, right? Uh, Is that not a challenge? He was like, open with your closer. He yeah. was like, and and then on the next show because we had did like five or six shows that weekend. He's like, all right, keep switching it around. Yeah. And I was just like, all right, so anytime I want to challenge myself, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. Right. Make like how can you make how can you make a joke that's meh and put it as a closer to try to make yeah. it seem like it's bigger than what it is? Yeah. And rewriting a joke. Um yeah. rewriting a joke is just so so hella like, challenging. Like your fries, the fries at the bottom of the bag. You mentioned it earlier on. That's my favorite one. I had to rewrite that. When I first started doing that joke, they would not laugh at that time. Don't care. Love it. Nobody laughed at it. You know what I mean? And then when I was able to get that joke to work, I felt like I had like, I was just, I felt so proud of myself. Cause I was yeah. like, yo, I never thought this shit was going to work. And then yeah. like the, the affirmation was after the show and people were going, yo, I never thought of it. And I go, this shit is, you know, this nonsensical bullshit. Shit that you and I do every day, but I'm like, yeah. I can't make a joke out of that. But you get shit like that from watching a Brian Regan. 
But then, but then here's a like here's the crazy thing. You ever been having a conversation with someone, mm-hmm. like specifically another comic, and you just talking, y'all just talking regular, and they like, yo, do you say that on stage? Yes. And I'm like, no, no. right? Just, they niggas say that shit. And I'm like, really? And I'm like, huh? Uh-huh. You know. So yeah. like I, like we that's the thing it's like we have so much material because we have so many experiences Absolutely. and I sometimes we're so close to it we can't see it so it takes for someone in our blind spot to tell us hey this is something that you should talk about like I have a joke that um the first time I ran it my friends that aren't comedians when they when they saw me doing it they were like oh my god why is she doing that? Because they remember the in real life yeah. what that experience did to me. And they was like, yo, you were so depressed and you were sad. You couldn't get out of bed. And like, we were worried about you. We thought we were going to lose. And now you're up there joking about it. And I was like, yeah, because that's how my healing works now. That's your life. Like, right. It's, like it's like exposing like your life for what it is. Yeah. Right. And we are so vulnerable. Right. We're so vulnerable on stage as comedians. And people don't realize that we got to expose ourselves in order to make you forget about the bullshit in your life. For this little yeah. space of time that you sit in the audience, yeah, right. Because yeah. after the show is over, y'all gotta go back to y'all bullshit, and I gotta go back to mine. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. instead of me getting on stage doing some old hacky douche jokes, let's talk about my bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, and that's yeah. like, and they yeah, go, I thought sure. my, I thought my for shit sure. was fucked up, and you were like, nah, my shit way more fucked up than you. You know what I mean? For so sure. it's yep. and it's crazy. But here's the crazy thing. I know so many comedians and I know so many comedians that got to go through that bullshit. That's why it's important for us to have these dialogues and things like that. Like I talk to comedians on the phone and on FaceTime and shit like that, because I'm like, yo, what's good with you? Mm -hmm. I was watching, I was watching a live early in the fucking morning with you. And uh, was it Black Ron? Probably. And he said some of the most outlandish shit I had ever heard in my life. Probably Black Ron. He can he can fuck any bitch. He can oh, fuck any bitch. And I was like, and I was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, and I was trying to type, but I was too mad. I'm like, nigga, like, what are you like? I was so mad at his statement. And I'm going, dude, how where's your arrogance come from? You know, and we I'm going, were going at it that day. And right. at that point in the conversation, we had been talking already for like four hours. How what we time had, did y'all start? We had already, so I think we had started talking to each other at like maybe one or two o'clock in the morning. And so okay. our Instagram time limit is four hours. So mm-hmm. I remember that day because we had reached the four hours, right. we ended the live and started another one. We had literally been talking for four hours until we got to that point. And, and I like, I love Black Ron, like he's my dear friend. I think he's super funny and talented and a lot of people used to love to watch us talk to each other because it was just very much, you know, it was that male, female, he said, she said thing. Yeah, it's good. That's a good and dialogue. Yeah. Like sometimes we would, we would be in the, we would be on the same page or something, but when we weren't, oh man, that's entertaining. Like I've gone back and watched our lives and I was like, man, this is an excellent fucking TV show. Right. If we right. could just get it together and pitch it. Right. Um, right. But right. you know, that was I was just I was shocked at what like he said and I was like you know like when I when I, the way I look at it is like um you know a woman not interested in you she ain't interested in you I don't care what you present 
to her or put in front of her. He was like, basically, it's the time frame. Like, it's, you know, it's like, you got to wait her out. And I'm like, nah, bro, don't work that way. You know what I'm saying? I know that there are men that believe they can get any woman right. that they want, right? right? And I know there are women that are like, I can get any man that I want. Mm-hmm. And then there are people who just know the reality. Listen, coming from someone that has shot their shot. <laughs> so, uh, I've not gotten all of the men that I wanted. It's just not true. I right, know that I right. can't get any man that I want, mm. but I'm going to shoot the shot. Right, right, <laughs> right, right. right. I might shoot it more than once right. just to make sure. Like, you sure? Okay, okay. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. But I just thought it was like, I thought he was absolutely ridiculous. But what made me so mad about that conversation is he was like, yeah, because I could have pulled you. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> um, let me stop you right there, bro. No, no, no. no. When I t- like, no. Like when I tell you all logic and yeah. statistics, yeah. When I, when it was yeah. all emotion, I was. Let me tell you something, yeah. First that's of all, funny. that's funny because I on mean, your best day, <laughs> you couldn't. I, like, remember when you tried to holler oh what did my I do? god what did i say uh-huh. you know, well, the only reason is you know you ain't let me holler hey can you give me something to drink <laughs> the only that's <laughs> like the, the only reason is you know you you said no is because we were comics no that's not why right have right. you seen your face <laughs> have you heard you talk that's what it's funny. Dude, you heard you talk? That is hilarious. He my man's, but nah, I it's it's cool. Like you know, my and man. it's it's funny because as as arrogant as I am, you know what I mean. I don't ever think that I I know I know my lane. Like I know mm-hmm. I know my wheelhouse. I know yeah. what I attract, and I know who I can vibe with. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. um, a very materialistic type chick. Uh, that's real into labels, me don't vibe. Right. Like I, I never vibe with somebody like that. But somebody that can get 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 jazzed up, but then be cool as hell with a snatchback and some hoops, I'd be like, yeah, yo, that's that's my speed right there. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> I you know what I like? I like smart guys. Yeah. Like, well, you you I, read, you read. So you need yeah. somebody to challenge your mind. Like I don't like I don't need him to be an avid book reader because mm. I'm a book reader. I'm talking about not ebook, audiobook. I'm talking about physical book cover pages. That's my shit. He doesn't right. have to be a book reader, but I just like a smart man. I'm a sapiosexual. So like a smart man. Yeah. So I'll give you an example. I, I met this guy and he he's attractive. You know, he's nice mm. looking and his face is put together the way Faces are supposed it's to supposed be. to be. <laughs> yeah. Faces, right? Like, okay, yeah. Two, yeah, okay, that's where it goes. So he's nice looking, but he's not usually the type of man that I would be physically attracted to. And, but he had a nice personality. He was super dope, you know, we kicking it, uh, but we talking. And then one day we all got to talking. It was a group of us. We all got to talking. And I just was like, oh, oh, you, Oh, you smart. Oh, you smart, smart. Take my panties off. Yeah. Come and get these yams. Like, so I, so my attraction to him 
yeah. you know, went through the roof. He went from right. just being a nice looking guy that was cool to a guy that I was like, yes, I want him. Yeah. And it was yeah. all because he he was smart and he he was cultured. Like I I like that's my shit. Like if you yeah. like you can be moderately attractive mm-hmm. but super smart and pull me. It would take us up to another level. Yeah. Versus I mean, it, you being a super beautiful Adonis of a man, but dumb as a bag of sand and rocks. That guy yeah. can't, I ain't gonna lie, he can get me but he can't keep me because you look good and I'm going to hit you if you look good. I'm going to be honest. Listen, um, grammar mistakes on, 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 uh, on texting. Um, like when you keep spelling a lot with two L's, I'm like, I'm, I can't, like, I I saw you do it one time. (laughs) Like, I'm like, but, but. (laughs) First of all, I'm going to block you. So don't I'm like, yo, I gotta correct you, number one, because I'm gonna put the like, little asterisk and then spell it the correct way. Yeah. And then like and, then like, yeah. and continue on yeah. like it didn't happen, you know what I mean? But I'm like, yo, stop. You know what I mean? So yeah, you know. I an autocorrect or something, and I'll text back and I'll be like, shit, asterisk with what I mean. They be like, Ty, I know what you meant. Yeah, but I need you to know. Yeah, I, <laughs> that's I that's kind of OCD though. It is because you know, you just be like, I didn't mean to do that. You know what I mean? need you to know that I meant T-O-O. Listen, I, I got friends. I, 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 got, I got friends that text me if they see me post something on, on social media and it's incorrect. They're like, "Yo, it's it's uh, you know it's the you put the wrong your." I'm like, "I did." They're like, "Yeah." I'm like, <laughs> "Go back." I'm like, "Oh, let me right. fix this shit." I'm like, <laughs> "Like, I'm because I'm an English major. That's what I go to school for: English <laughs> and human resource management. So grammar, spelling. Yeah. Listen, get out yes. my face. Absolutely. Face. Absolutely." I, Absolutely, that is hilarious. Grammar um, Next, next, um, next question. If if no one knew who Ty Davis was, and I had to introduce you to the world, right? Uh, mm-hmm. what's, your, what's your walk on music? My walk on music. What's your walk on music? I had to introduce you to the world. Nas, Ether. Ooh. Okay. So follow up question. <laughs> who, who, who won? Nas or Jay Z? So here's the answer to your question. Nas won that battle. Mm-hmm. Jay-Z won the war. Absolutely. And I agree with that wholeheartedly. But I can't stand debating people on Ether. And I go, I am not going to have this discussion with you. It's not up for no debate. No way you're going to tell me the takeover, which was one verse about Nas, and I Super said Ugly, what I said. which was super garbage, was better than Ether. <laughs> Even Jay-Z admitted that he lost. Oh, I what know. What more do you need? When they walked on stage together at I Declare War, I'm like, that lets you know right there that Jay-Z was a fan. He's always Listen, been- I, d- I did this on um, a couple months ago. Somebody, like, I posed a question. I was like, hey, gun to your head. Grab <laughs> you a lyric to any song. No music, no instrumental, no nothing. Wrap right. every lyric without looking at the lyrics or you're dead. Yeah. What song you picking? Right. I picked Ether and they was like, one, because it's like, you're a girl. You don't know nothing about that. It's just something. Whole song. I can do the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, so that's, so yeah. So it's very much that. My go my go-to karaoke song is I'm Bad from LL, all four verses, right? <laughs> but if you told me, that, if you put that on there and said word for word, verse for verse, every line without looking at the rhymes, I'm going to be an asshole and say Triumph from Wu-Tang Clan just because I'm oh. like, 
I'm that serious about my hip hop. You know, what I mean? like, okay. like, like, like. <laughs> now, I can't give you any other rap song that I can think of off the top of my head. Right. But, but, but that one. Yes. I could, I could have a traumatic brain injury and not remember my children. Yeah. Remember my name, but I feel like I'm gonna come out of that coma with all the lyrics. All the words to eat. That's my shit when it came out. It was. Yeah. Um, okay, so you retire from the game. It's over. You, you're done. Like, all right, I'm not hitting no more stages. What's your walk-off music? There's no walk-off music because I'm dead. Okay. <laughs> That's the only way I retire from stand-up. I die. I die. All right. Okay. I died. However, uh-huh. um, uh, if 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 I if I'm closing the curtain, which I don't know, I do. <laughs> that's crazy. Maybe you become uh, this, maybe you become I, a huge actor, and you was like, I just don't have the time no more. No, <laughs> never. Um, let me see. Walk off music would be. I'm, I'm assuming I'm thinking of this as in terms of my life. Yeah, like yeah. If my life yeah, were a movie, absolutely. intro music. Would be, so closing music would be. Um, it's a song called "I Was Here." by Beyonce. Okay. So it's a okay. ballad, but it's kind of like, you know, this world was better because I was here. I, I gave my all, I did my best, and I brought someone some happiness, and I just want the world to know that I was here. So Beyonce, I was here. That's dope, that's dope. Uh, if, you had to, if you had to choose any other profession other than your own, what would you think you would be doing? Uh, I would be uh, like a teacher or yeah. like a counselor. Okay. So I, I just very much like to help others. So All right. I'm, I'm hoping and praying that you will eventually, and I know you hear this probably a lot, that you get a chance to meet Regina King one day. I get that a lot. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> I feel like, uh, I feel like it would be like a perfect um, marriage of talent. Like if you guys it. were, you don't see it. It's not, it's not, you guys could be kin. And I'm talking. I'm saying that because of the, your voice inflection, na- number one. It's your voice inflection, number one, and just your demeanor. Like, I, and here's the thing: I love Regina King. I love her yeah. as an actress. Yeah. Like, I so I manifest this. It's literally on my vision board. Meet Regina King. Yeah, right? yeah, That's absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. but people have been telling me that since two two seven. Yeah, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. I was a kid, and yeah. I was just like. They didn't call me Regina King. They would say, you look like Brenda. Brenda. So I get that a lot. And I remember, it's funny because there, now there was one time when I saw it. Um, I did like this side-by-side, you know, spoof picture I posted on Instagram. And even in the side-by-side of us, I didn't see it, right? Right. Bob Sumner, when I posted that picture, Bob Sumner texted me and he was like, you know, you do look like Regina. I'm trying to do this with you. <laughs> you, you, know, you, you. You know, you do look like her. You know, I know her, right? Right, and right, right. I don't even know that. So he sends me a, a picture that we took, me and him, mm-hmm. from the Apollo. And then he sends me a picture of him and her, same kind of position and photo. And I was wow. like, and and she was like all the and I was like holy shit we do like that's the yeah. one time, the one time was, you saw it yeah I was like whoa it is kind of scary we do look alike in this picture but yeah. I just thought it was dope and then I was like and it was with Bob Sumner like I'm low key lit 
So yeah, that, <laughs> that's um, funny. I, I, I do hope that I meet her one day and, and work. I'm going to meet her one day and I'm going to work with her one day. And yeah, I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm just excited to like take a picture. of. I'd be like, see, we're not the same person. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, that's, that's dope. I mean, I, I get I, mine changes um, through the years, that the decades. I always get a different person. One one time, I, I think I I had no facial hair. I had like this this uh, taster here only, right? And mm-hmm. some they kept saying I was the dude from the game, and I had never watched this TV show. And I'm like, I don't know who the fuck y'all talking about. It's like yo, tall, light skinned dude from the game, and I was like, yo. So one day I'm in a gas station. Right, and, and I was at a gas station, and the lady was like, you the dude from the game. And I'm like, no, the fuck, I'm not. And people stopped saying that shit. And when I finally saw the picture, I'm like, I don't see it. Now, um, now I get, yeah, now, you know, I do, like, a lot of mainstream rooms, so a lot of white people. I get Darius Rucker all the fucking time. All the fucking time, and I'm going, nah. And I did my TV taping in Nashville. And when I got on stage, I said, uh, yeah, y'all, I'm not Darius Rucker. Dude came out to the show and said, I damn sure told my wife, as soon as you're about to walk on stage, he's like, oh, they, Darius Brooke, they, they about to bring Darius Brooke out. And I was like, I was like, you fucking oh, lying. Like, <laughs> I was like, yo. <laughs> he said, it? when you got on stage and said that, he said, I had just told my wife, oh, they're they going to bring Darius Brooke out. And I was like, this some bullshit. I mean, right. <laughs> like, for the most part, I get Regina King. Yeah. Um, second, I get Terrell or Terrell Hicks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That played uh, Keisha and Belly. Yeah, yeah. And uh, when I used to wear my hair back, like in a solid ponytail with my hair to the back, um, people would tell me that I look like, they would say Pam from Martin, but that's Tashina Arnold. Those are the only three celebrities that I've ever been told, but I get Regina King a lot. Yeah, well, you know what? Hopefully people will start saying Regina King look like Ty Davis. Yeah. That's how, how, well, you listen, Ty, you just don't know. You just don't know, Ty. Like I said, we, here's the crazy thing about it is, you know, Tiffany Haddish was one, once where we were. You understand what I'm saying? Like, you just don't know how this thing can happen and how quick it can turn around. And if it happens, I wouldn't be surprised one bit. But I could always say, yo, she was on Bliss is Ignorant, yo. Like, <laughs> like uh, in this pandemic a lot, I've been doing a lot of interviews and podcasts and stuff. And I recognize the importance of you know, this person may become a star one day. And if they do, I can say, hey, I had them as a guest. And some interviews like this one, I'm happy to do it. I'm happy to be here. And then some I'm like, (laughs) I have got to start doing better with vetting these niggas I don't know. Like I literally did the last two interviews that I did Uh before this one. Yeah. Yeah. Like, was it was it that it was it were they comedians or what did they no, okay I'll put it like no, this. Did they, they know how to interview? Okay. No, no. Yeah, that's probably why. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. So it was like they didn't know how to they didn't know how to interview. Mm. Um they didn't know how to moderate. They yeah. didn't they didn't know they didn't know this. Right. Right. And, you know, and sometimes that that's the big that's the difference between a good and a bad interview. You know, it could be the subject and, you know, like they didn't know how to ask questions. And then there were periods of time where I was like, why am I here? Because one interview, it was like three of them. So it was a podcast with like three people. And I was like, why am I here? 
they yeah. are talking to each other like what am i doing here so yeah. it, they were just bad and they were just horrible ass interviews yeah. Yeah. and i'm actually sitting there thinking like one day i'm gonna be a huge star and this it's clip of be, me doing this be... <laughs> I, even, I never thought of it i never thought of it that way that's funny as hell <laughs> i'm just you know what i mean no. like like there's a music video right now that's circulating the interweb uh-huh. and i'm like if niggas ever got a hold of this right right they would fry me into oblivion <laughs> so i have been telling me i need to do a video so i'm gonna do this video one day and mm. post it on my social media because i need to get ahead of it get ahead of it absolutely always get ahead of it always because get ahead of it that video <laughs> is horrible is it B- is it bet after dark horrible or is it <laughs> <laughs> I wish it were BET. Oh, I prefer. Oh, I would no. prefer it to be that. I'll do you one better. I would prefer my sex tape. Oh up. man, yo, you got to tell me when you post this. I want to make sure I'm ahead of it too. <laughs> so, is, I'm gonna do the video, and and my plan is to actually do it this week. Okay. Um, uh, but I've been saying that for the past three weeks because I be lying. I don't keep it 100. I keep it 98. Right. <laughs> um, That's the line. But, That's the line of the year right there, yo. <laughs> I keep it 100. I don't. That's stupid. Why would I do that? Right. Um, but I'm going to do that video. Now, what I'm going to do is before I post the clip, uh-huh. I'm going to send you the whole video so you can okay. see the whole video. Okay. And then, so I'm going to do it as a reaction video. So it's okay. me inside, the video on the other, and then my commentary. And um that's dope. Yeah, so I'm gonna do that. I gotta get ahead of it because if because because if it ever gets out and they'll be like, oh look at this, hey, hey, whoa, whoa relax. Yeah. Put that on IGTV. Comedians, ago, yeah, comedians will yeah, don't let comedians get it. You know what yeah. I mean? Because um, oh. you know, do you know uh do you know Burpee? Mm-mm. You don't know Burpee. So Burpee, uh Burpee's a comedian in Charlotte. He's on radio he as well. Yeah, he's on radio as well. So he got identical, he got identical twin brother. Okay. Who's uh who's trans, like 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 just gotcha. one hundred percent gay, uh dressed like a woman, everything. And gotcha. I'm on I'm in the bed one night, it's three o'clock in the morning, man. And comedian called me like nigga. I'm like, yo, what? He like nigga Burby down here in Atlanta. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, 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 and I'm like, I'm like, nah, dude, that ain't Burby, man. That's his brother. He like, dude, I'm looking right at this dude. This Burby. I'm like, it's mm. not, man. That's his brother, man. Chill. You know, I said, you can call Burby on the phone right now and she won't answer the phone. I know that's not Burby. I know that's his, his, wow. his brother. You know, that's his twin brother. And, wow. you know, they, and I'm like, dude, three o'clock in the morning. No, they like, it's I had to call because I ain't know what's going on. I'm like, yeah. Like, you ain't gonna believe what I just saw. Man, this dude would not believe me. Right, right. Dude, be messy too. Yeah, he would. He could not. He would. He did not believe me on the phone. And I'm. It's three in the morning. I'm yelling in my own house to tell him that it's not Burpee. Like that's not him. You know what I mean? Hilarious. (laughs) What makes it better is when you got to be at a show when his brother is there and he pull up on stage. It's the funniest Mm. shit you ever see in life. And and the, their interaction is fucking hilarious, man. Like I would love like to they, see they they ride or die, but it's so because you can't make 
like that's just something you can't make that up you know no, like well they, they were supposed to get a reality up. show they were supposed to get a reality show which would have been great you know what i mean because oh, wow. it's just so different but you know i'm a twin i got twin i i know so many twins yes it's just like that died i tell people i put a post up earlier this week and i was like yo i wish everybody had opportunity to understand the dynamic of having a twin like you just don't understand that connection because it's insane you know yeah what I mean? i've heard that it's you know yeah. It is, yo. It's and like beautiful. when my when my twin sister passed in two thousand two, half of me is gone. It's never yeah. coming back. So you would never get the whole me. Mm -hmm. As much people think they know me, they don't know me. Know me. Yeah. Like people that knew me before she passed, like they was like, oh, he was a little bit different. You know what I mean? So it's just like that whole that whole process. But, um, yo, we we winding up on time, man. I know we passed the hour, but yo, I, I appreciate the time, side. You you did a solid. You know what I mean? I so, thank you for, 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 for thinking that I was important enough to come and do your podcast. So I appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. man. I mean, listen, um, I'm going to bring you on sooner than later. I'll probably bring you back for something else. But you know how we do. You know what I mean? So, you know, <laughs> until next time. Until next time. I'm going to holler at for you. For sure. All right. For sure.